Hello everyone, I'm Mark Saxford and I want to welcome you all to my new podcast called People Behind Brands, brought to you by Making Websites Better. Throughout the series, I'll be opening up my little black book of contacts where I'll be joined by an inspirational guest from the world of business, getting to the bottom of what made them so successful. In each episode, I'll be touching upon the highs and the lows that every professional has faced along the way. To never miss an episode, subscribe to our exclusive content now and follow us on our social media platforms. People behind brands. Life lessons from the world of business. If you'd like to get your hands dirty and tap into your feel-good vibes, this episode is the one for you. A passionate, creative small business owner, our next guest, Lizzie Croucher of Croucher Lee, is all about wearing a smile in more ways than one. As a ceramic artist, Lizzie specialises in making pottery come to life, letting her work do the talking. During our chat, we also touch upon our own life lessons as she speaks fondly of her family and how they've been a constant support and driving force behind a successful venture to date. It's time to get creative. Lizzie, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Really good to have you on. Um, So Lizzie joins us today to talk about her life centred around her ever-growing independent business as a ceramic artist based in Essex. Croucher Lee, as she's known to her loyal customers, an army of over 4,000 Instagram followers specialises in hand-thrown pottery with unique personalities. (laughs) All pieces are made directly by Lizzie, where she has won rave reviews and single-handedly turned her passion into a career since November 2020. So Lizzie, first question take us back to where Croucher Lee began and the company journey so far yeah that was quite an introduction thank you (laughs) (laughs) um I mean I guess it it is with most businesses kind of the company or the business kind of starts and there's kind of a certain date where you kind of say yes my books are open yes my orders are open and things like that but I guess it starts even kind of all the way back to when it just becomes an idea in your brain I guess um so as a kind of as a business as in I kind of started selling officially um it was back in 2019 um via an Etsy shop so uh, I don't know if you've heard of Etsy before yeah 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 Yeah. um so if anybody hasn't it's it's like a a marketplace it's almost like a search engine for independent makers and small businesses particularly creative businesses um and when I launched um the, the the business um, and started kind of selling seriously, I call it. Um, I was still working a full-time job. Um, so it, I kind of, it, it feels strange to say I kind of started my business in 2019. It feels like it actually only really started when I decided to go full-time in it uh, last yeah. year. But but as I said, um, a, a kind of a business starts, I guess, when you have the idea or you have kind of the, you realise you want to pursue the passion um and that actually started uh in 2010 (laughs) so it's been a long time coming so I actually started working with ceramics um when I was at university um I worked at a pottery painting cafe I don't know if you've ever been to one of those yeah I have been to one actually they're quite fun actually yeah yeah they're a lot of fun so I started working at one of them in um, London when I was I was training to be a dancer I needed some some money on the side kind of as a part-time job um so I was decorating handmade, uh, ready-made pieces. Sorry, I was decorating ready-made pieces um, and just selling them to friends and family or giving them as gifts. Um, and that create, I loved that creative outlet, and it was different to what I was studying and training to be. Um, 
And when I left that job and moved out of London, um, I thought maybe I'll start actually making pottery from scratch. So on the potter's wheel, which is what I do now. Um, and I picked myself up and moved to Ipswich for a job in 2016. Didn't know anyone. Um, all I did was work. And I just thought I need to do something to escape from my full-time job and to meet people. Yeah. So I, I took part in a six-week um, hand-throwing course, so a making pottery from scratch course with a local artist um, in Ipswich. Um, and I think from my first session... I re I just it just clicked for me. I mean, I wasn't very good at it because it was my first ever my first ever go. But I thought this is something I really really enjoy. And um, at the time, I was like, I want to pursue it as a hobby and see where it goes. Yeah. Um, and then kind of three years of kind of building on that, um, kind of teaching myself new techniques. Um, I decided to have an Etsy shop in 2019. Um, and I had that all the way up to April 2020, when obviously the middle of the pandemic, I decided for some reason to to move off of Etsy and um, make my own web shop. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of based completely in my own space now um, and have been since April. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll, we'll come on to obviously how COVID sort of impacted the business a little bit later on. But I mean, just talk to us about some of the designs you make and the types of customers that, you know, that find you and buy your products. Yeah, so the the types of uh, designs I make, I guess the the type of work I make, because um, with with ceramics and clay, there are so many different ways you can work with the material. I think which is why I love it so much. Um, the majority of my work is hand thrown on a potter's wheel. Um, so everything I make has a functional and everyday use. I think that's why I love what I do because I I can make them with my hands and sell them to people and they use them and love them every day. Mm. Um, so I make things like mugs, plant pots, um, incense burners, yeah. things like that. Um, I also, things that I don't make on the potter's wheel, I only have a very kind of small selection, but I make um, small um, small items called peace pebbles. Um, so they're little pocket-sized kind of comforting items that are helpful for people with anxiety yeah. um, or, or people that kind of just need a little bit of a calming moment. So I also sell those on the side, which again are, are functional and are things to use every day. Um, in terms of my audience, I, I, I haven't really done much um, investigation into kind of my demographic or my audience, um, so I can't really define them. I guess it's just I guess it's just people who kind of smile when they see my work, or they're yeah. looking for um, like a quirky one-off gift for someone. Yeah. Um, so I guess it could be anybody, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I think, we, well, I know for a fact, you know, my missus, she's got, uh, you know, a couple of your pots and incense burners and stuff like that. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's they're really nice products and they're just, I think they're very unique in terms of, I know she's got one pot that's got a really big sort of smiley face on it. And I think those things <laughs> are just really nice to sort of see when you wake up to them because you've got them on her bedside table. So, you know, those sort of things are, you know, just nice to sort of wake up to in the morning, I suppose. So, um, yeah. But yeah, as with any industry, starting out and making a name for yourself is always tough. So how would you say you're different to anyone else making pottery, however big or small they may be? But, you know, what would you say is Crouch Lee's USP? Oh, I think my my USP, I think I've only really just found it recently. Mm. Um, and I think that would be that everything has a face on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't always make face pots. Um, I kind of only, I really made the switch to go exclusively items with faces on it in the last year I think yeah um and I, I mean for me that was simply because I was looking at work I was making that that 
was faceless and uh, it wasn't making me smile as much. Um, And I just thought I'm going to switch and see how it goes and test the waters. And that seems to have been the the pinnacle for me and kind of the turning point to that. My business seems to have just kind of shot up and grown, which is amazing. Um, I think another USP I have is that um, everything I make is a one-off, but there's a general theme Mm. Um, which I guess is a USP for lots of businesses. Businesses, sorry, it's a USP for a lot of businesses. Um, but my work is playful and minimal, um, and but everything is is a one-off piece. So that can be from the the way the face is placed, um, the glaze style. Um, if I put any patterning on it, so I kind of just decorate things as I see fit or as yeah. I see would suit the piece. Mm. Um, and I also have a wholesale offer too. So I sell a uh, small business, a small business. Um, so I kind of have like a three part USP, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, the last 18 months have been somewhat of a challenge for many business owners. However, it was during this time that you mentioned that you took the step to start Crouchily. So talk to us about that kind of decision. Yeah. So kind of when the pandemic hit i was i would say maybe midway through my uh plan to take this full time um so as i mentioned i i kind of decided to start my business formally i guess when i was working full time um and my plan was to scale that back so go from full time job with ceramics in the evening to a part time job with ceramics a couple of days a week and then scale that back uh, so I, at the time the pandemic hit, I was um, a freelance gallery technician. Mm. So I was actually the the head art technician at uh, the local gallery in Colchester where I'm based. Okay. So I was um, kind of scheduling, booking technicians and, and kind of on the ground um, setting up exhibitions, um, which was a job I loved and I did it freelance and it was amazing. Um, so at the time I was doing that and uh, so... The, the technician work was kind of three solid weeks of work, five days a week. And then I'd have maybe a couple of months off where the, te- the um, exhibitions were going. So I would focus all that really solid time on making my ceramics and selling. Um, but obviously when the pandemic hit, the gallery work stopped completely because everything shut down. So the decision was kind of not, it was kind of partially not by choice, but partially just I needed to grab that opportunity when it, mm. it came to me. Yeah. Um, I was lucky at the time that I could still work out of my studio. Um, last year, I was in a shared studio, but had like a small section at the back, like a small room. Um, and because I was a volunteer working there, um, I still had access to all my equipment in my private room, which was a, a lifesaver, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I'd been building up to full-time ceramics for a while, but I think the, the pandemic, as, as awful as it has been... Um, it gave me that kind of push off the edge to take the leap kind of when I was at that point. And I, now looking back, I was at that point where I, it was viable. Yeah. Um, I still have the gallery work to, um, I'm still on kind of on the books as a freelance technician. So I kind of still have that flexibility, which is amazing. Mm. Um, but um, my workload now and the workload back in April last year was already kind of a full-time job making and selling ceramics. So the decision was already made for me, I guess. Mm, okay yeah so I mean you've obviously referenced COVID there but I mean for you personally uh, rather than the business how much of an impact did it have on you and your family over that time? I mean I, I'm i based up in, in Essex and my fam- the majority of my family are down in Kent 
Um, and I'm quite, I mean, it's about an hour and a half drive to my family. So I, I've always been a home bird. I've always seen my family as often as I can. Um, sometimes I, when I was studying in London, I'd, I'd go home pretty much every weekend to see them. Um, I'm a, I, I love my family. I'm a big family person, such a home bird. Um, mm. And I, the, the, that time when I couldn't see my family, it was, it was a fair portion of time. I think it was uh, about a year I, could, I didn't see them. Um, and I have a sister that's based overseas as well. Right. So personally, for me, I found that the, the most challenging aspect personally. Um, but the power of the internet has obviously helped a lot for lots yeah. of people. Um, so video calling and things um, kind of really saw me through those times. Um, I think it just, I mean speak to anyone it's it's just a it was such a difficult time and still is a difficult difficult time to navigate I think mm, yeah. um but I think I just had to learn to kind of drop everything particularly with with the way that uh growing my business is such a challenging time I think I just had to learn to just be patient with the process yeah um and just drop everything and just go kind of go with it um day to day it would change so yeah, it sort of sounds like, you know, obviously with, with Crouch Lee, you've been so busy and you've had that time to, you know, make the business more successful in a way and obviously start it up really. But yeah, it's it's also the family element as well. And we are trying to sort of guide through it even now. But mm. it's, it's a case that, you know, family element, we've spoken to so many people that, you know, the, the family family element is is a strong thing for, for lots of people there. So especially during these sort of harsh times. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, the aim of this podcast is to delve deeper into the background and personal personalities of people behind their brands so talk to us about what you're all about and the network of family and friends that have been your biggest fans throughout yeah so as I just said I am I'm a I I'm really close with my family we're kind of a close-knit family of five of us Um, and my sister has two children as well so they're three children sorry I'll say that again let me say that again (laughs) (laughs) um gosh I forgot she had a third child um (laughs) um so yeah, as I said, um, I'm I'm part of quite a close knit family. So there are five of us. Um, obviously, mum and dad have two sisters, um, and then my sister has three children as well. Um, and they have been such a support network for me. Um, it was a bit challenging at the start, I think, um, particularly the the way my uh, my career path has gone, kind of what I've wanted to pursue. It's kind of not been. Um, uh, what you would kind of, I guess what you would define as like a mainstream career. Um, mm. I grow, I've, I've always wanted to do something creative, which is, is challenging um, to try and pursue as a profession. Um, and I've taken a couple of twists and turns and my parents have kind of rolled with it. And then when I, I said to them, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make pottery full time. Uh, I think that was difficult, <laughs> difficult, um, mainly because I, I obviously was no longer living at home and I was, uh, I was working a full-time job, which obviously was keeping my bills paid and my rent paid. Um, and then when you, I think the decision to go self-employed was hard enough. Um, mm. But to say, I'm going to re- completely, completely put all my eggs in one basket. Um, I think that was difficult for my my parents, my family to, to accept in a way. Yeah. Um, but I think... I just needed to take the leap and show them. Yeah. Um, and once I, once I did that and once things picked up, um, I mean, they, I mean, they've always been um, huge supporters and, and supporters of my work. My mum's got so many pieces of mine from the last 10 years in her house. Um, but I think once they kind of saw that 
I took the leap and it worked. Um, they're kind of even even bigger fans of me now, which is amazing. Mm. Um, so yeah, my my network of family and friends are are definitely uh, my support system. I would say. Yeah. So in terms of challenges you've faced in your personal life, uh, what what have been some of these? And you know, is it is it kind of changed your outlook on life? And you know, has it sort of led you to where you are today? Yeah, I think um, one part of my personality that's always been there is I have always been a perfectionist so mm. to the nth degree. <laughs> um, and I think as, as much as that can, can serve you in terms of uh, keeping you motivated and keeping you striving and setting goals more and more and kind of moving the goalposts once you achieve, um, that can really be a challenge when things don't go to plan. Um, and I think with with starting your own business and particularly in the, the creative sector, things can really ebb and flow um, and things really don't go to plan sometimes. Um, and you've just got to use your creative problem solving, your creativity to kind of pull yourself out of that. But when, when you've got the perfectionist trait, it can be so difficult because you've got an idea in your head of what something's going to look like. Yeah. And when it doesn't quite match up, it's it's a real challenge to kind of turn it around and to get your headspace in in the right place. Mm. Um, I'm slowly learning to let go of the idea of perfection. I think particularly when it comes to something like working with clay, it has a mind of its own. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a lot of the time things don't go to plan, whether that is uh, I'm making a large order and I have to make more because uh, of kind of things that have gone wrong in the making process. Um, a lot of it is left up to things like putting things in the kiln and sometimes the kiln goes wrong. Sometimes just things inexplicably happen. Um, so I think I'm learning to let go of the idea of, of kind of perfection and kind of wanting to get to that stage. Um, but learning to keep that drive to produce things, um, particularly because my, I feel like my work I want my work to serve people positively um, things that people can use every day and, and can make them smile when they don't feel like it. Yeah. Um, and that is all, that's almost kind of my idea of perfection in my business is, is just being able to make things that make people smile. And that as simple as that is, um, that's something that definitely keeps me going and has kind of led me to where I am today. We've heard in terms of what is unique about Crouch Lee as a business, but, you know, what is unique about you as a person? I mean, I thought about this question a lot because <laughs> I don't often think I don't often think positively about myself in a way, as long as as as, as much as my work is positive. I think I find it difficult to reflect on myself as a person. I kind yeah. of talk about my work a lot. Um and talk about the fact that obviously it comes from one singular person. That's an amazing thing that one person can, can build a business. And, but in terms of thinking about me as a unique person, I find that quite challenging. Um, I mean, everyone is unique in a way, I guess, because mm. it's the combination of our experiences, our likes, our dislikes, our challenges, things we love, things we hate. I think it's the combination of all those things that make us unique. So I guess, the interesting thing about me is that I'm quite eclectic in what I like and don't like and what I, I do, if that makes sense. Yeah. So my, my background is, is, um, has always been kind of create creative. So in, in kind of dance, um, and art, and I've trained to be a yoga teacher as well in the pandemic, yeah. um, which is amazing that I managed to do that in, in kind of a space where I couldn't see anybody. Um, but I'm also not afraid to get to kind of 
get my hands dirty. So mm. my technician work involves a lot of kind of building and construction work. So I think uh, it's kind of uh, not opposites, I'd say, but it's, it's two things that don't usually marry together. Um, and I kind of have a spectrum of hobbies and things I enjoy. Um, so I could be making something out of clay and watching a streamer on YouTube play Call of Duty. <laughs> it's those <laughs> things. I have, I just, I feel, I have quite a, an eclectic range of um, things I really enjoy that I've obviously picked up throughout the different jobs I've had and different experiences I've had. So I guess that's what makes anybody unique, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what would you say is the next chapter or the big plans for the future? I mean, you know, the, the country is sort of, sort of starting to open up now with, with uh, you know, the back of COVID sort of thing, but we've still yeah. got a long way to go. But what are you kind of hoping to achieve, you know, for the future? I mean, I have literally just in the last month um, moved out of the shared space I was working in and um, moved into my own home studio, which is something I just didn't even think would happen in the next five years, let alone now. Um, we've kind of built a DIY studio in my in my garage and that's where I now work. Um, so that's kind of a, a chapter that's still unfolding. I'm still kind of getting used to working from home and uh, how my space can work for me efficiently. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when I've reached that point, I think my next step is to hopefully offer workshops. Yeah. Um, my space is quite small, so it would probably be one-to-one -one or, or two, two people. Um, but I would love to kind of open out my process in that way. Um, so people can come and actually enjoy making things with me. I'd love that. Yeah. Um, so that's my next big step, I think. Um, I have a couple of things in the pipeline in terms of um, products and I think I've been putting them off for a while because I've had my last space was quite small um, and compact and I had a bunch of other things I was doing alongside um, pottery. Um, so I have some other things in the pipeline in terms of um, maybe having a subscription box for people who kind of want to kind of pay a subscription, have something every other month um, and just a couple of new products that I'm, I'm going to keep quiet about for the moment, but hopefully will be in development. Um, so kind of a, a way to maybe expand a new audience. Mm. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, so if there was one life lesson you could give to your younger self or someone listening that can learn from your experiences, what would you say it was? Um, I would definitely say in any, any process, whether it's doing budgets or making things or marketing, any aspect of a business or any aspect of a job is to to kind of play more. That sounds a bit counterintuitive in some things like a budget, but um, to kind of find the, the find the fun and find the joy in it. Mm. Um, I think if I didn't push myself to find that, I think I'd be really burnt out by now because things have been so busy for me. Some days I've been working seven days a week or, or I'm in the studio six days and then uh, I'm off to a market for Sunday, which is what I did last week. So I think just finding the finding the joy in the small things and, and making the journey more enjoyable for yourself, because some things are just so, for me anyway, are so difficult and boring, like the, like the, the finance side. I, I really struggle with numbers and um and the, the finances behind my business so just kind of once you've done something small um giving yourself a little um pat on the back or a little break um and um i think my whole usp came from being playful and playing around mm. with clay because they've all got 
silly smiley faces on them. <laughs> so I think finding the joy in the art form or whatever you're doing is really important. So yeah, Lizzie, it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you and get to know you. So thanks for coming on and sharing your life lessons with us on the podcast. So this is now your opportunity to tell you, uh, our listeners where they can find Crouchily online and some of the pottery on offer. Yeah, so I have a I have a website that has my shop on, and that is www.crouchily.co.uk. Crouchily is all one word. So I have um, my the main bulk of what I offer is I have monthly shop updates um, with a batch of maybe 60 pieces every month. And it's all different. It's always different. Um, so that's where you'll find that. But in terms of kind of updates and behind the scenes and knowing about when those shop updates are, um, I think the, my Instagram is the go-to. So uh, my handle is croucher.li. So croucherly with a little dot in the middle. Um, I also have a Facebook as well, which you can find me just croucherly or one word. Great. Excellent. So People Behind Brands is available on all good audio platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, and many more. Keep up to date with our new and existing episodes via social platforms at Podcast PBB. New episodes are released every Wednesday. So join us next time for a brand new episode. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Lizzie Croucher. So that's it for this episode of People Behind Brands. I'd love to hear from you all, so if you want to get in touch, follow us on our social media platforms. If you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to our exclusive content now. Join us next time for a brand new guest on the podcast as we explore yet more life lessons from the world of business. We'll see you soon. Ta-da!